0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All
1: right, welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a big moment, I think, for a lot of people who are here when WIP first really became a part of the culture of sports fans in this town because he was one of the first people that left the Inquirer to come here and became almost an immediate hit working in the afternoons and with Steve Fredericks and then later with Howard Eskett. And he is no longer in radio, but it sounds like he's too busy to do radio. It is a great honor to have on our show today. Former star of WIP and other stations, but I'm not mentioning them, Mr. Mike
2: Missanelli. Hi, Mike. How are you today? Uh, um, am I in the twilight zone here? Uh, come am on, I, Mike. It's been 20 years since my voice has been on this uh, station.
1: 20 years since we heard Mike missinelli's <laughs> voice. But Mike, how were those 10 or so years you did here? Did you love it?
2: Oh well, listen, uh, we we told stories. so I had you on the podcast telling the stories at the early days and how the station evolved. It's it's, a, it's an amazing story, really. And, and, you know, we we all jumped into it, and you went first, and we all jumped into it, and. Uh, and we made a, a, a pretty good success out of it. Uh, none of us expecting, I don't think, that we were going to be that successful. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody was sending out a picture of an old lineup, and uh, we had guys like Chuck Cooperstein in there. Oh, and you know, those days. And the station just—we had a, a really good flow back then, and uh, I think people really j- jumped on it.
1: All right, but Mike, can we admit the truth now? None of us had any idea what we were doing. When we first came here. Am I right? You did. No, I I, I did not. I faked it for a long time.
2: You you faked it pretty well because you went from, I mean, mean, here's the thing about you is that, uh, you know, I used to watch you as a journalist at the Enquirer and you're a serious guy. I mean, just a serious get the story type of guy. And then you clicked the switch and became a personality within a day and and went to radio. And it's just like this whole different Angelo came out. And you learned right away what you needed to do. You, you showed a personality and you, you created a kind of a blueprint on on how to do it. And then we all followed it.
1: All right, but Mike, here's the real truth. You had a way back fallback than I did because you had the writing, which you were great at, and you had a law degree. You were a lawyer. You could have done that. Was this more fun than that other stuff? Is that why you liked it?
2: I took a shot at it. Uh, I really did. The Inquirer, I stayed. Uh, I got the law degree when I was still working at the Enquirer, and I was ready to leave the Enquirer. They offered me the college basketball beat the first time it was in Hawaii. Oh. And so I go, I'm going to cover the Maui Classic, So I figured I, I would put it on hold for a year, and then I really started to like it, because, listen, newspapers back then had a budget, and we were flying all around to do stories, and it didn't feel like work, and all these guys I went to law school with were miserable. And, and then it came to the end where it started to get old because a bad editor came in. If you remember, oh, he killed and, it. <laughs> yeah, so we all, and we were doing these little hits on, on WIP and, uh, they were uh, always frowning on it. The game car fought us because they were the ivory tower. And, uh, they, they looked at sports radio, like was so beneath them. Uh, so we always got that. And it, and it just got to like to the point where newspapers kind of got old. And, uh, what you jumped, We all noticed it, and then out of the blue, I guess that's going to lap to go somewhere. And out of the blue, they offered me the evening uh, drive spot with Steve Fredericks. I had been doing weekends with Stan Hockman, not thinking it would ever turn into a full time job. And just out of the blue, they did, and they were paying more money in the inquiry. So, yeah, uh, that's all it was, uh, Mike. That's why I I came
1: (laughs) here for twenty grand more. That's all it was.
2: (laughs) Yes, but it was twenty grand more was like significant to us that we were you know, slaving this newspaper guy making like $50,000 or whatever it was at the time. And I said, you know, what do I have to lose? He offered me a one-year contract to work with Steve to do evening drive. I said, if it doesn't work out, I, I can practice law or whatever I, I was going to do. And I took a shot and, and it worked.
1: All right, but people should know, Steve Fredericks was one of the true building blocks. He was one of the first that ever did it. He and Howard were the first two. What was that like, Mike, to go in there? You're in drive time with very little experience working with an icon. What was it like working with Steve?
2: Uh, that's a really good question because I didn't know how it was going to work. Steve uh, obviously had nine lives, right? And this yep. was kind of like the ninth life that, that he was on. And uh, at first, he, he was the bombastic Steve who had, he was used to being that guy. And then I think he realized that, um, that I was the wise ass and that he would be better off playing to me, and he figured that out right away because he was a you know, radio pro and and then at, from that point on he 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 like became the back back guy he was the straight man to me uh, and uh I think that's what worked about him because he he allowed me to mess mess with him a lot. Without without getting yeah. angry,
1: Michael. He knew. No, he yeah, knew. Rhea. He knew entertainment. The <laughs> real was one of was your, your producers, producer. yeah. right, Mike?
2: <laughs> yes, real was one of the first producers we ever had. And, and Joe you Waxter, know, <laughs> he was one, and, 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 right? And, and, you know, she could tell you a million stories oh. about about Steve. But here's the thing about Steve that was most entertaining to me: during the commercials, he would tell me a story out of the blue. Because he had such a full life. I mean, he was all over the place with radio in Boston and this and that. And he, of course, he had the problem, the drug problems, and, and there were all these kind of stories. And I remember one, like during the commercial, I would muse. I had a newspaper. Remember newspapers? I, I used to look at stories in the newspaper, and I saw this story about Fred Grandy, who was gopher on the Love Boat.
1: Yeah, I know him. Yeah,
2: what about <laughs> right, him? So, he was running for governor of Iowa or senator of Iowa, something like that. Guy, look, at this, Gopher is running for political office. Steve blurts out, "Yeah, I used to do drugs with that guy."
3: <laughs> what? I go, no oh, way! Uh.
2: I go what? What? He, he goes. He goes. Yeah, we were all members of an acting troupe in Boston, and uh, we used to go out in this boat in the Boston Harbor, and uh, you know, he'd be dropping acid. And by the end of the day, his face would be by the propeller.
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. He was, oh.
2: I go, and these were stories that would come out like at, uh, almost every commercial in his life. And, and then he, he adds this. Hit. He goes, yeah, that's the one I was dating, Jane Curtin.
1: Oh, he go, dated yes. Jane <laughs> Curtin from Saturday Night <laughs> Live?
2: <laughs> exactly. Ah. And, and these stories would blow me away. And He would tell them like, like naturally, you know, like and he, you know, he was. I miss him a lot, man. He was uh, he, he was great. great.
1: All right, so I, I can't ignore this part of your WIP history. After you and Steve were broken up for whatever reason, you ended up with Howard Eskin, the other icon building block of sports talk in Philadelphia. First of all, were you in favor of that when they
2: told you? Well, no, because they had <laughs> Steve and I were a team. Yo. So they— uh, I Eskin came back to radio from doing TV and uh, they thought that putting us together would be a good show, but they kind of like threw Steve out the door and uh-huh. uh, they gave him like night hours or whatever. So I wasn't in favor of it and I didn't think it would work <laughs> but, uh, because we were just, you know, we were like, uh, to me, our chemistry wasn't good. I, I, like Howard is what he is, but what he isn't is a team guy. So to do a show with a guy like that was really difficult when he wouldn't play along as a team. You know how that works. You guys have the ultimate team.
1: Well, it it is much harder that way. Uh, You know, he is. I I have said that publicly, and he's gotten angry about it because he has, I will say this, Mike, he has become more one now than he ever was in those early years. But you still had a very successful show with him, didn't you?
2: um it was yeah, we went on for 3 years a lot of people liked it uh, some people didn't i i i i literally wanted to kill him every day
4: really <laughs>
5: so, like, Mike I do you haven't... know what we found amusing those of us who were producers you guys sitting in the parking lot in your cars and seeing which one was going to come into the studio first
2: no <laughs> <laughs> that oh, no, is well, true i i owe he would never come into the studio first. No, that, that was true. In, <laughs> so he would come in within 10 seconds of the show <laughs> yes, being started yes. saying what went on today. And, and I, <laughs> so, you know, it was, uh, it was stressful for me because I'm an A-type personality, what to do the right thing, and he's an A-type of personality, and we clashed.
1: All right, Mike, I, the big thing is people know you left. There was an altercation with the producer, et cetera, et cetera. Looking back now, because you ended up having a terrific career at the other station also, do you have regrets? Do you, you ever look back and went, well, Cataldi stayed there the whole time, McDonough stayed there the whole time, uh, Morganti stayed there the whole time? Do you ever say to yourself, you know, maybe that should have played out differently and I should have kept just that WIP my whole career?
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, like the first time I left was because of uh, I took the WMR morning show job. With, yes. With- that's right, Joe. And, uh, Conklin. I, you know, I thought that was uh, like a different uh, avenue to go down. I was kind of excited to go into a different channel of of radio, and then second time came back. You know, the yeah, the altercation. I regret. I mean, I wish I would have, I wish I would have been a little calmer in that particular <laughs> situation. But you know, I I have two strikes against me. I'm I'm Sicilian and uh, and I'm a Scorpio, and that's bad uh-huh. DNA, and uh-huh. it, and it mixes.
1: All right. Well, in your career, and what a great career. I don't know if you'll resume it or not. What are you proudest of, Mike? What do you, What do you really feel good about in all the years you're in radio in this city?
2: Yeah, I think I, I was proud, most proud of, of uh, asking the right question to people. Like, I wasn't afraid to yep. uh, uh, offend people. I think that's our newspaper training, our newspaper background, where you you, you can't be afraid to ask a question if, if you think a guy's going to get angry about the question. You have to ask the question, On what the people are listening for and uh, in a way you're you're an advocate for the fan Uh, and so I always thought like uh, I'm gonna make enemies uh, because I'm gonna treat some people harshly but the question the harsh question needed to be asked to people and uh, so I think like the honesty that comes forth out of that in the long run I think people appreciate more than than the pandering to people you
1: were fantastic at that Mike Mike, um, you've been out of it a while now, four or five months, I guess. We had to wait three months for the non-compete to end. Uh, do you miss it? What's, what do you feel now, not having it?
2: You know, i would say where I missed it during the Phillies run, the everyday the everyday reaction that you get from fans. So I'm doing podcasts now, which you don't get that immediate reaction. So, like, that by-play was always what was good about what we did in Sports Talk Radio. And uh, so I missed that part of it definitely during the Philly season. And uh, – I assume we're going to come down the stretch if they get to the Super Bowl. I'll miss that interaction with that. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, I do miss it. And, uh, um you know, it's it's weird the way the whole thing worked out. It was, just, you know, I didn't expect it to work out that way, but, but it right. did. And so I've tried to now reinvent myself with other things.
1: Well, here's the thing, Mike. The, that podcast, I've done a bunch of them. That got more reaction than all the others I've done put together. So I know you're. you're the one
2: I had with you. Yeah, that you're killing
1: the- it. You're killing yeah. it with the podcast. But you got, hold on a minute. I guess you have a winery you're involved in now.
2: Is that yeah. true? Yes. Yeah. So it, it was always a goal of mine to, to own a boutique winery. And I, I looked in Virginia because uh, that's where I really wanted to go. Uh, and then this this winery in uh, Cape May Courthouse, New Jersey, named Tally Vineyards. I was looking at that when it was for sale a few years ago, and I just couldn't get it together at that particular time. So another guy bought it. Now the blue, I emailed him and I said, listen, I was looking at this winery. I'd really like to be involved. If you're interested in taking on a partner, uh, I I would love to be involved. And and he did some research on me, and then he knew that I kind of had a name in this area. So uh, he thought it would be a good partnership. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. Wait a minute. I'm not done. You have a children's book out? (laughs) Uh, yes, I have a children's book out. I have a book signing this Saturday. Where's that? Uh, I, it's at the Chamonix Mall at Barnes & Noble from 2 to 4. It's called The Adventures of Shima the Sheba. I have a Shiba Inu dog. Yeah. And um, raising that dog was a nightmare. <laughs> uh, it, it's an untrainable dog. So I had an idea, write a children's book, where you, you know, like almost like a child do, doing things wrong and learning from mistakes and things like that. And I just put the dog in that, in that situation where she was an incorrigible. And uh, uh, so I put my head in the dog's head. These Shiba Inus oh. look like they have thoughts, like they have human thoughts. So I matched my human thoughts with the dog's human thoughts, and I, the dog narrates the book, but it's really my head that's narrating
1: it. Well, Mike, i got to be honest. I looked this up, right? Don't take this the wrong way. Shima looks a little bit like Askin.
6: <laughs> Stop it. Come on.
1: Right around the eyes. You look <laughs> around the eyes and the fur, it looks a little b- <laughs> Mike, all I can say, Mike, it's so great to have your voice back at WIP. Uh would you ever consider returning to radio? Or is it is that a part of your chapter I, I, that's over?
2: You no, know, my my ears are always open for uh you like go. when this ended at the other station I came back, I didn't expect that I was gonna do anything and all of a sudden I got a couple calls to do some some things. So you know, I'm I'm not ready for the grave. Well, uh, you know I could uh, uh I, I, I think I would uh you know per listen to any opportunity if it was, if it was palatable, so you know, that, that's where I stand that, but I, you know I'm happy right now with the pace right I'm uh, just I'm, I'm working with
1: all these uh, old inquire guys, one thing you should know about us from the beginning: when there's money involved, we're always listening.
2: <laughs> yeah no, no, here's, here's the beauty of you Angel. Like, I'm listening to Ruben. Yeah. and you turn Reuben into a personality.
1: Ruben is a. Oh, don't get started, because Ruben, he's
2: not. You guys didn't have the best.
1: I'm not relationship. much
5: of a personality. You know that.
2: Mike. <laughs> he, he's like he's he, he's like evolved into this you know, radio guy now. And, and I, I I look at his Twitter and um, you know we we only had one shouting match. He was yelling at me on the field once.
1: Oh, okay. That, that, that's for Missinelli. That's one, amazing. One's
5: under Just one. The, yeah, that's yeah, a, one, right? that's really, an under. It
2: was, Mike. It, it was one clash where you were yelling at me on the field and I was yelling back at you.
1: <laughs> Mike, we love you. We love hearing you on WIP again. Thank you so much for doing this today. It's been fun having these conversations with you. And uh, I don't have to wish you success. I know you'll have it, in whatever you do. Angelo,
2: it's been a delight to be back uh, on WIP. I really appreciate it. Thanks for doing my podcast. The, the, the reaction that we got on that podcast is just pretty amazing. The so
3: people
2: impressive. wanted to hear the other side of Angelo as well.
1: Well, Mike! Thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope we'll talk again soon. All right, all right, guys. Thanks. Mike Bye-bye. Missinelli returns to WIP. How much fun was that? We're coming back. We got a hot seat. We got. Welcome back at uh, 925. Ruben Amadou is here. Of course, he was a general manager of the Phillies for seven years. Ruben, I want to read somebody about my man, Howie Rose. All right, so uh, sometime it. in the offseason prior to the draft, John Robinson, the general manager of the Tennessee Titans, uh, that somebody, uh, he looked at his cell phone, and it was uh, Howie Roseman's name. Said, oh, let me take this call. Right. So Howie uh, d- uh, co- convinces him to trade A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles for a first-round draft pick. Got it. A.J. Brown is better than any first-round draft pick how we could ever hope to get. He's phenomenal. He's 24 years old That's when nice. they trade him, and he gets him, right? That, that guy right now, I would think, has major regrets because after the game Sunday, the people above him and the Titans organization saw how great A.J. Brown was. And they fired John Robinson. <laughs> they didn't even wait till the end of the year. They They're just said, the division. Get, out, yeah. get out of the yes. building. You're a moron. <laughs> Why did you take Howie's call? Right? Yeah. So, I mean, you do get a. Was there anybody, a GM in baseball when you were there that had a reputation for winning every trade, winning every signing was just really hard to be
5: able to outduel. There were a lot of them uh, yep. and, and they were tough to deal with, but, um but to me be, making trades was about equity it was about trying to get the right job right guy right and and being you know giving up the right guys for him i mean talent for talent i believed in that and the, but there are some guys especially now everybody's worried about you know how's it look you know what what, what are the pundits saying about it i didn't give a crap about that i cared about my team
1: all right i want you for a second to be a man named mickey loomis all right. right. Mickey Loomis is the general manager of the New Orleans Saints. He's yes. gone. <laughs> Mickey, is he gone? Not no, yet. he's He's gone. No. This, so Howie called him on the cell phone and he looked down. Oh, here's Howie. Oh, let me see what he's got. And Howie fleeced him out of a first round draft pick, which currently is a top five pick in the next it's draft. Incredible. All right.
5: That is, that should be a crime. I mean, Howie and you got to give Ch- love to Howie. I mean, he he, g- he. These are great trades. He's uh, Howie had a lot of time when he had some time off to to, uh, oh to work on his God. craft. And I tell you what, man, he has come back bigger and stronger and better than ever before. But I
1: got you, bro. What is it like
5: for Mickey Loomis
1: right now, knowing that he's probably got some job insecurity yeah. to begin with, and he sees what are they like four and nine, whatever the hell their record is. They're they're in. One of the five worst records. That's a pick he's not getting. He's, the Eagles are getting it, and the Eagles are, have the best record. Is he saying to himself, "If I somehow survive here, I am not. I am blocking Howie Roseman <laughs> from my phone." He Howie Roseman took these guys to the cleaners. Yeah. I mean,
5: unbelievable. And I don't know if that that's Howie's intent. His intent was to try to be shrewd and, and to make the right deals and get quality players and, and, ah. and set, set himself up for the future. But I like to try to do deals with guys that were fair because then you wanted to be able to do deals with them later on as well.
1: Did you ever call them afterwards and apologize? Like, do you <laughs> think how he did. called John, you, know, you? You know know did that, apologize. I, I,
5: you know, I one time, I think I apologized to it Was it Mark Shapiro for, uh, for that deal for Cliff Lee? Because only because the one guy got hurt and that, that oh. was the, the one that the, the young prospect, um, I'm, I'm brain locking on his name. He was a he was a, had a great arm and he literally got hurt and never really pitched again. And,
1: uh, and you I, called and said, I'm sorry because I fleeced you out of Lee and the guy <laughs> you got never I just, amounted to you anything. You just hope
5: that when you make a deal that you're getting you know, healthy players and unfortunately that guy broke on him.
1: Wow. I would I would handle it differently, Johnson.
6: No, I, I would like laugh. I'm thinking I'd about it. the guy up,
1: Mark Shapiro. <laughs>
6: <laughs> was that Philippe O'Mont, by the way? No, it wasn't Philippe. It wasn't oh.
3: Philippe.
6: Is wasn't there another, like of all the general managers in, say, the four major sports, yeah. there there can't be a more... I don't want to say fear general manager, but know that that GM is going to get there. I take his call. Do you understand the the last
1: three years how he has done nothing wrong? He has made one great move. trades. He got somebody to take Wentz (laughs) and he he had the audacity when the coach said yes to say, oh, by the way, the hundred million we gave, you're paying it now. (laughs) And they said yes. Yes. No, I, I block him. Can't you block somebody from calling you? Yes. I would block Howie Roseman if I the was another GM. When you
5: retire, I'll never take your phone call <laughs> again. You know,
1: yeah, you can show me it's how great that's of done. Now. Yeah, I so know. So I'll know why I'll never talk to her. I guarantee it. it's true. She always answers me. <laughs> I and do. Those days are dwindling. No, that's not true. Chuck is on live from Cherry Hill. Hi, Chucky. Oh, what's up, gang?
7: Yeah, so rather than get undressed by Howie, you just block his call. That's I mean, it. Chuck, there's no
1: way. <laughs> you know what I've learned? You. Howie right now is the smartest general manager in it, all of sports. Just look at the uh, record.
7: Yeah, it's a run unlike any we could probably put forth with any nope. GM in any sport, and you wonder how the other side participates. <laughs> what
1: are they thinking? New Orleans, I mean, the guys watching their team yeah. lose every week are going, we don't even benefit from this. Howie Roseman does. How yeah, does that yep. feel?
7: But, but the I think the one that will play the largest and most beneficial uh, is going to be what he did on his own, Hurts as a second-round pick. Oh, wow. Franchise quarterback, Hall of Famer. And Angelo, he's going to give you more than one Super Bowl, my man. Trust well, me. Here's he's my good. theory.
1: Here's my theory on that. Even though, yeah, Weds uh, had a lot of injuries and stuff, they knew something was missing. They knew that he wasn't going to be a great leader for the next decade. They were already hedging their bets. You would use a second-round pick where you just gave a guy $100 million unless you had bounce. some bouts. Yeah. Absolutely had
7: his insights, and that's what they do professionally. Yep. That's what they can do that we don't see. You had Boa on. It was a great interview. What the fans don't realize, this is how good Bo was defensively. A good measurement for a shortstop defensively is 600 chances in a year. Wow, Turner, Turner's done that once. Boa had 843 and 705 more times. That's getting to a lot more balls than other shortstops. And he had Schmidt to his right to eat up a good percentage of those
1: chances, right? Absolutely. Chuck, Chuck, I need your help with this. I want to get rid of Hoskins. I don't like him. He's going to hurt my team. What do you want to do? my
7: next point. You read my mind. Yeah. If I could just say this, all right? Hoskins' numbers are really good. Offensively, You're talking 70 extra base hits a year. His numbers are excellent. They don't compare. Segura's not close OPS-wise. He's not close Sluggy-wise. The Phillies aren't going to get rid of 70 extra base hits.
1: I, I don't per- need to have Segura, but I do not want Hoskins. I, I know I can get that production there, from know, somebody else.
7: Believe it or not, you're going to circle the not choice.
1: He improved last year. Ah, the below the game's a televised, Chuck. He sucked. Yeah,
7: okay. I know. It didn't play out right. Okay, so my <laughs> song. <laughs> I got you. What's your song, Chuck? Before I hear the nerd word, I know that's coming. Uh, oh, my God. I've been waiting for two hours. What the heck's the Holly, jolly, Christmas.
1: I love that. Holly, jolly, Christmas. Put that. Holly, I, jolly. I, Holly hold jolly. on a second. Roop, um, yeah. are you trying to trade Hoskins?
5: I'm not necessarily uh, actively trading him, but I'm listening on him. He's listening. He's there. hoping yeah. the phone
1: rings. Um, give me I your, would trade my, my mom me. if I was making well, a I know better. a lot of a lot of GMs in <laughs> Major League Baseball, uh, uh, they That's don't awesome. have your number now. What's your number? I want them to call no, you.
5: please don't. All right,
1: Dennis is up next for Matt Law. Hi, Dennis. Radio man, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Dennis. I'm 11 and 1.
7: If there's any style points for the Christmas song singing, that guy, Stu it. man, he was really good. Wow. I, Terrific.
1: It, you know, it, in the first time I went to him, he was incoherent. He, he appeared to be having a stroke or something, so he put him back on. Joe Pep talked him. He came back on, and the guy is all of a sudden he's Bing Crosby. Let's no, not
6: say. He yeah, sounded I'm like gonna, he was having a stroke. <laughs> it
1: sounded. It's a little hard. Wait a second. He just sounded like he was in a seizure or some kind. All
3: right, that's <laughs> and, not any better. All
1: right. Anyway, whatever <laughs> Joe said to him, it woke him up. Go ahead, Dennis. I'm going to ask for forgiveness because I'm going to quote Howard Eskin here. All
3: right.
7: Our basketball coach. Glenn, don't call me Doc Rivers. An idiot, a dope, and a moron. He's all three of
1: them. Do you he believe made what he be said, yes, sir? Be a miracle, Dennis. He said that know. you know I'd actually try to win the seven games that are all home now the next seven if I had all my players back. So you're not going to try to win them. I don't understand. He, he has such a disdain for games in, in this time of the year. For culture. He, he has doesn't a care. For. They're 12 and 12. He said they're treading water. 12, 24 games in. You did not <laughs> sacrifice four seasons of your life for a 12 and 12 basketball Longer team. Longer than four. And people watch these games too, not just the games in April. Hello. Hello. All right. Anyway, Dennis, are you still there? I'm here. Give me a song. I uh, by
7: Josh Groban when he sang it at the
1: Rockefeller oh. Tree Center.
7: Oh, holy night! Is oh, holy! Wow. That
1: is great. Wow! All right. Now, speaking of great, when we return, we have a big finish. It's part apparently of the hot seat, so Ava's holding it till the very end. And and w- this is something that was produced. This is not off the cuff. It's
6: been drinking a lot of tea. I though.
1: went. To Mr. Ruben Amaro Jr. prior to this show, and I said Ruben, we're going to be talking a lot about the Eagles. We actually have the Eagles' fantastic uh, Christmas album, and we're giving it away. You can't buy it right now. It would mean a lot to all of us if you, who are known to be a singer, would do a famous Latin Christmas song, Feliz Navidad. And he did it with the production work of Mr. Kyle Quinn. And uh, Rube, have you heard yourself yet on this song?
5: I've heard a little bit of it. And are much. you, are you? do you not think? The f- not the final product.
1: Will this open at- Give me um, Christmas Baby, Please Come Home. Load that in. All right, you got that? <laughs> All right, welcome back at 943. So we're giving away this Eagles uh, Christmas uh, album today. It is, real. I never remember one that had this kind of traction. No. Uh, yeah. Jason Kelsey's on talking about it. And Kelsey is a he's an okay singer. But Maya Lada and Lane Johnson are phenomenal. I had no idea Lane was that good. Did you know Lane no. was that good? Let me just play a little more here. This is Maya Lada doing Christmas Baby please Call. Listen to that.
8: Oh, snow's coming down. Listen to I'm watching it fall. Watching
1: people around baby, please come on all oh, the touch he's amazing wow. He's amazing <laughs> Wow No I mean like like I'm, I'm really like embarrassed now like, <laughs> out a, a, an album I wanna listen you're yep. that good right it is a thing If we did one here real Yes Where uh-huh. is is there Johnson do you sing at all? I can do background you can't do. I'll back do now. background vocals. Yeah, because hey. I'm
5: out
6: of. You're almost out of focus. <laughs>
1: yeah, you can do that. <laughs> yeah, Why
5: could.
1: would you be lead? No, no, I can't sing at all. Well, who would? I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, maybe Eskin. Howard? Can Eskin Howard sing? Eskin? Can Howard Eskin <laughs> sing at all? I don't John think R- so. John can, oh, sing. Right. John John can, can sing. Oh, that's right. Richie can sing. All yeah. right. What about the camera?
0: I'm not so sure about that.
1: <laughs> what about John Mux? He has some pipes. I don't know about that either. You know I what, bet Ruben, I could sing. Who, you, uh, who could sing? I bet I could sing. Ike, maybe. Al couldn't. No. He wouldn't anyway. No. It's too much work. <laughs> um, here's the thing. You know what Rube said? Rube, there's been
5: talk of having an album... With the broadcasters, yeah, Johnny Cruck has been uh, trying to make this happen. I think that uh, and, and it'd be cool because John can sing. I he think can. Larry Anderson's got a great voice, right? Uh, Larry Anderson voice. does, and yeah, he's got a great uh, radio voice. So you would think that he'd be able to um, sing a little bit. T Mac, T Mac probably can sing a little bit. So well, that's
1: the thing. They're trying to make not, it happen. They we're may not be in tune. And you, of course, would be a marquee guy because now you're singing on this show.
5: Oh well, you'll soon find out why. You'll soon anyway, find out that, well, that. I'm not Ava, a. Guy. Glenn Macnow,
1: He sings. Glenn <laughs> Macknell. Oh, that's right. was a show tune there guy. There you go. Right. He's a song and dance man. <laughs> all right, Ava Graham. <laughs> yes. Who's on the hot seat?
0: Well, Angelo, today, Ruben Amar Jr. No. is on the hot oh, seat. Great. Brought to you by Xfinity, the fastest internet in Philadelphia and the sponsor of WIP's Xfinity Lounge. Hot seat. Angelo, you've been building to it all show. Ruben Amar Jr. singing Fleece Snobby Dodd. Now, Judy. Ruben's own mother called in, and you asked her this, Angelo.
1: Is Ruben a good singer?
0: <laughs> I don't think so. Burn, Judy. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> but is, right, that is, was is, Judy Amaro's shoes. Judy It's his own mother, saying being honest. she doesn't think he's a good singer. Do you think it's time? That no,
1: we... I'm not ready yet. You're
0: not ready yet. No,
1: because here's what I've done. I have brought in a studio audience. <laughs> yes. I have Kate, Khalid, to Jacqueline. Yes, and they they have sworn to me they will give a spontaneous reaction to the Feliz Navidad version that is being done by Ruben Amaro Jr. Yeah, all right, they will boo him live in this studio shortly.
0: Well, and if you want to get that, be the first time. If you want to get that broadcasters album going, they're Philly PR girls, so maybe they're yeah. gonna, you know okay. team up with you, and and maybe this is really your opportunity, Ruben. But I guess we will find out. How are
1: gonna boo him. What's that? You don't know if they're going to boo him. I don't know if they're booing Maybe they remember they some may, of the traits. They <laughs> may stand and go, oh, God. Right? What, is, what is this? Girls, if you're not pleased with what you hear, just channel Philippe Omar. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. That's a joke. It's a joke. I have already heard this, and the reason I put him out is because the man is a crooner. He is a oh, yeah. fine song stylist, but not yet. Rube, we still got to get our winners today yes. for our great prizes provided by Miss Cindy Webster. Self is up from North Philly. Hi, Self. Self, are you there? Self has left us. Then I will turn to my own personal friend and a song stylist in his own right, Will of God.
3: Hi, Will. No, what's up, Dad? That, that's my rap partner. Self-unquote. So no, what happened to him, man? Uh,
1: we had a guy in from Herman Melville and the Blue Note, Melvin. Or whatever. <laughs> we hired a guy who is a professional singer, Will.
4: Yeah.
3: Shoot, you know what? The best of my life is today's my son's birthday. Man. Oh, happy birthday to Will's son. Yeah, happy birthday, man. man. And my and my youngest son, his birthday was December 4th. So, you know, it's it's kind of crazy that I got to go through every year because Christmas <laughs> be coming. You know, I got to get more money. But what I'm going to do, man, I'm going to work on
5: something.
3: All right. I'm going to do it. But I'm going to make up a song, a revised song of Jason Kelsey's They Don't Like Us. Oh, I like it. Are you going to do that right now, Well, Well, no, I'm going to do it later because if I, be one day, I can get Jason Kelsey to do it on it. But today, right. I make up a song. You know, because it's Christmas time or whatever. Right. And you want me to make it up, I'll just go like that on them, you know? All
1: right, go ahead. Make up a song right now about Christmas. Christmas? Oh.
3: <laughs> All right. Listen, W.I.P. Christmas time is coming, so let's do it. Hey, everybody. Are you ready to play? It's Christmas time, is coming, in your town today, hey everybody, you ready to play, it's Christmas time, is coming, in your town today.
1: Alright, hold on Will, I have the studio audience here, let me work with these girls. Girls, how did you feel about Will of God? Oh, no, Will. Will, they're booing you. Wow. I I have great fear now. Will, they're booing the crap out of you. We got to change it up. (laughs) No, you're done now. Will, (laughs) give me a famous uh, holiday song.
3: Um,
6: Christmas time is coming.
1: Christmas time is coming.
6: (laughs) Three (laughs) minutes of all our lives, we're not getting back.
1: Shut up, Johnson. Johnson, I'm telling you something else, too. Rhea's already assured me long after I'm gone. Will will be a regular por- <laughs> part of this.
6: Oh, I'm sure that? he will.
5: Who, told, who assured you of that?
1: <laughs> the camera. <laughs> okay, good luck with that. John Ritchie. <laughs> <laughs> He's John Ritchie's type. Kenny's up on oh the Dirty 30. Hi, my brother.
4: You know, uh, this is why I could never own a professional sports team, except the fact that I'm not a billionaire. Right. I w- I w- if I if I was Jeffrey Lurie, I would have fired Howie the minute he said Jalen Reger and not Justin Jefferson. Huh. But Jeffrey Lurie stuck with him, and look how great he did. Now look at what the Titans GM. One mistake, he's done. Yep. And the
1: the- you Jefferson know the owner- New Orleans guy's going, too. can he fleece the New Orleans? I don't know what happened the last three years. This has been three perfect years in a row by Harry Roseman.
4: I, I don't know either because I was so mad at Howie for that Justin Jefferson thing, and he totally made it up. He totally made it up. Oh, my God. Um, Kenny, it, are uh, you he, going to New York? I was. Now I'm not. Darn it. What's That's going just, on? What uh, happened? Nah, nothing I can't talk about in the air.
1: Oh, but it's, it's the uh, wife.
4: Okay. Whatever it is, <laughs> Kenny. Uh,
1: the one thing. Have we, have we taken over the metalheads the way I have so many other
4: ballparks in this uh, country? You know, th- yeah, yeah, here's the best thing about the NFC East. Uh, three of the teams are within an hour and a half of each other. So, it, those are those day trips are easy for the Eagle fans to do, and they do them. Good, and uh, uh, yeah, I, I hate not missing it because that's just an easy you know, matter of fact. The way traffic's been lately, and the way the the they the parking situation is at the link anymore, it takes just as long to get to the Meadowlands <laughs> as it does to the link.
1: <laughs> All right, it Kenny, I need a
4: song right now. I'm a big sleigh ride guy. Sleigh ride, Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. Beautiful song. Let's get some more songs.
1: Devin, what's your song? My song is Run DMC, Christmas and Hollis. Yes. All right, Run DMC, Christmas and Hollis. Uh, are you familiar with it, Ed? Not at all. It's really a lot of fun. John, I need a song. Joy to the world. Joy to the world.
5: not really a Christmas song, is it?
1: Max, I need a Christmas song. It's called Eagles beat Dallas for Christmas. I want to sing
7: it. Eagles beat Dallas for Christmas. Jalen will have another record day. Offensive line give Hertz some time to set up our screenplay. The defense will sack Zach three times, and Zeke will be contained. My Christmas dream is a block from
1: Dean. And Cubby goes all the way. Wow, Max, is that, it? Nice. is that a finalist? It is not. All right, Max, thank you very much. That was a all nice right. rendition. Uh, while we're thinking that over, ladies and gentlemen, it's a great honor to be able to introduce the, the debut. Of Ruben Amaro Jr. as a song, doing a song I know you you love. Yes, from I am. Jose Feliciano, I, even,
5: even, or Feliciano. Feliciano.
1: I. I prefer the Latin version of that song. <laughs> and uh, this, ladies and gentlemen, is Ruben Amaro singing "Feliz Navidad." Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz
8: Navidad. Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of my heart. Wow. That is yes. good. A lot of that. <laughs> lot of going wild. <laughs> now,
5: the high notes were a little rough. There one. are uh, two roof. things in there, yep. I will say. You sing amazing in Spanish. Oh, yes. Like that's really, what I got. Really good. The English, I no, did not. That's not so. Not so yes. so good. <laughs> but
1: but I'm telling you, wow. man, you wow. do have talent. You do. You were pitchy in the English Very part, pitchy. but man, you should just do only Latin yes. stuff. <laughs> it was phenomenal. It was- Judy, you're Judy. a good sport. I loved it. Judy
6: was right. When he got about 38 seconds in, when he went to English, he rushed it. All
1: right, right shut up. <laughs> don't you ruin his moment? That was excellent. I don't see you doing
6: it, jackass.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, anyway uh I need you to name our four best songs. Yes, all and, right sir so uh, Johnson no, give the t-
6: we have four prizes number four will win a pair of passes to the founding footsteps holiday light trolley tour foundingfootsteps.com something that Cindy can
5: relate to
0: i I actually rented this trolley for my birthday you can right. do that so right. it's oh, amazing nice. so uh number late four en- we'll win. A late,
5: late entry was oh holy night.
6: All right, night. number three when a pair of three-day general admission passes to the Tidal Wave Music Festival, which is on the beach in Atlantic City next August 11th through the 13th. Information, TidalWaveFest.com. And that is
5: Silent Night by The Temptations.
6: All right, we have a copy of a Philly special Christmas, Jason, Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Jordan, Mylotta, impossible to get. We have one.
5: Shocking. This is White Christmas.
6: <laughs> oh, white,
1: yeah, could- yeah. and finally, number
6: one. A $250 gift card to Del
5: Frisco's Double Eagle Steakhouse. It's got to be Nat King Cole, The Christmas Song. It's number one. Uh,
6: Every you know, and
0: he's got great he, taste he, there, too. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours